0: Our life doesn't it sometimes feel like that? Uh, we face things in our life. We seem to get through one th- wave of trouble, but then something else hits us. You know, we think we've survived one bit of uh, trial, but then another thing hits us, and we just just as we're finding our feet, we get dragged under. It feels. When was the last time you faced a situation that was overwhelming? When was the last time you faced things so scary? Uh, that you were fearful to face a week. Maybe an unknown future or a situation that seems too big or something that you can't see a way out of, just, just too much. But in this psalm, we listen to a psalmist who tells us, I faced a situation that was too big for me and God helped me through it. Let me tell you about it. That's what he says. Look, I faced, something that, I faced those waves that were hitting me, but God helped me. Let me tell you about my God let me tell you how he can help you now before going any further I just wanted to remind us and for us to think through this one um, basic or foundational thing to understand as we come to thinking on these kind of themes and it's this we need to remember where we live not just our address that is helpful but that's not what I mean we where we live in the means of this world Isaiah 9 talks about this world as being a place where we live in death's shadow. So wherever we turn, the things that happen in our life, ultimately we're kind of clouded by the darkness of death. We're living under the curse, as we saw earlier in the service. If you look at verse 2 of um, Psalm 116, uh, sorry, verse 3, it says that the snares of death encompassed me. Some translations have it the cords of death and we get this picture of being pulled down by death and the idea is he's tied up he's stuck and it was all around him now we need to remember where we live because we live in death's shadow we live with the cords of death tied to us As one commentator put it you know it's not just something that happens at the end of our life death but it's something we're tied to time and time again When we face an illness, when we face sickness that we can't recover from, it's a cord of death. When we face grief in our family or death in the family or friends, it's another reminder of the cords of death. The evil we face, the sin we get entangled in, again, it's the cord of death. When relationships break down and they're not healed. Again, it's a cord of death, and there are reminders all around us of these snares, these traps, or these cords of death. And while we live in this world, we need to remember we will face these things. We're living under death's shadow. And the the day that will be removed is when Jesus returns and makes this world new, and we will live in the light and life. But until then, we need to remember where we live. We will experience things that bring in verse three distress and anguish we'll think about that a bit later but that's foundational as we as we move in uh, to looking at this psalm so here is this person who faced an overwhelming situation but found that god helped him through what did he learn about god as he did that well here are five truths about god that we can call to mind when we're in the midst of it not if we hit those times because we will but when we're in the midst of it five truths about god That we need to call to mind the first is this we've got a god who hears we've got a god who hears this psalmist is thrilled because god verse 1 has heard my pleas for mercy the writer spoke the psalmist here he spoke to god and god heard him look at verse 2 puts it he inclined his ear to me he inclined his ear that is that he didn't have to shout he didn't have to say uh, time and time again, you know, you need to listen to me. You know, God kind of drew close to listen to him. And you get the idea, don't you, of uh, imagining a hospital ward and somebody is speaking, um, somebody in the bed is unwell and the doctors are doing their rounds and they're so unwell that they, they can't really raise the volume of their voice very much. And so what does the doctor do? The doctor kind of inclines his ear. He bends down or she bends down and she listens in. What are you going to say? That's the picture you get here of God, a God who bends down, who listens in, who stoops to hear. That's the kind of God we have. Not a God who's saying, shout louder and I might listen. But a God who, when we just put out a, a gasp of, uh, of, to cry out for help, he wants to listen in. He's drawn closer. And this psalmist says, oh, God heard my cry. And as a result, I'm going to call on him as long as I live because god has answered my prayer i'll keep praying answer to prayer breeds more prayer seeing god answer helps us to pray more now how can we pray like this well look what he does in verse four i called on who on the name of the lord we've seen that uh, lots of times in these psalms remember what the name of the lord shows us i'm calling on who god is i'm remembering his character what he's like and what is he like verse five he is gracious He doesn't give what we deserve. He is merciful. He, you know, he he gives us things that we don't deserve. He is kind and he is righteous. This is what he's like. And so, when we have that view of God, uh, the psalmist sees this is what God's like. He inclines his ear. I'm going to call out to him. Now, let just ask that question this morning: What view do you have of God? What view do you have of him? If you look at your prayer life. What does that show us about what you believe about God morning Terry You okay oh don't worry don't worry we would really glad to see you there we go now what does our view of God look like when you look at your prayer life don't don't say this is what God is like but actually look at your prayer life and say well what does that show me about God's uh, God's character we're in Psalm 116 Terry okay Psalm 116 maybe as you look at your prayer life, what it really shows you is this. God doesn't care. God doesn't love me. God can't do anything. God doesn't listen. Now, we know those things aren't true about God, but actually, when you look at our prayer life, is that what we believe? God doesn't care. God doesn't listen. God um, can't do anything. But here we're reminded what God is like and why we can go to him. And verse, five, verse 6 is uh, great because it says this, the Lord preserves the simple. The Lord looks after the simple. The simple meaning, somebody who comes with no qualifications, somebody who, come, somebody who comes empty-handed, somebody who comes without any achievements, and just says, God, I need you. And God comes and helps those who are weak, asking for help. So when you look at your prayer life, how, what is God like? Because here we're being reminded, he inclines his ear, he stoops down, he is gracious, he is merciful, he is righteous. He is somebody who, who comes to and, and wants to bless those who come empty-handed. That's the God who, um, who we're speaking to. That's the God who the psalmist says, look, when you feel overwhelmed, remember that God he is. Have you called out to him in your distress? As the wave has hit, have you reached out for help? He's waiting this morning and you might think well i don't know what to say even in our, the groans of our hearts he will incline his ear and listening to hear now remember as we look into these psalms we also want to hear them as jesus sings them we don't know what the tune was that he sang with his disciples but he would have sung these psalms and as he sings the psalm what does it show us about him well jesus was about to be arrested he is going to face deep dark struggles is going to face the chords of death pulling him in In verse three the snares of death encompassing him and yet he'd have had this song uh, in his ear he'd have had this in his mind god hears me he will rescue me he's a god that saves and as we look at jesus life doesn't he show us a life of dependence on god on his father a life so many times we see him taking time out to spend time with his father because he knows that his father heard his cry now as we put those things together and think well what does my prayer life show about what i believe of god's character think of who jesus is and how that shows us these things in reality maybe we think does god care look at jesus he cares so deeply Does God really stoop down? Well, think of what Jesus shows us about God's character. He stooped so low that he went to the cross and came to this world. Is he really righteous? Look at Jesus. Is he really merciful? Look at Jesus. Is he really gracious? Will he really give what I don't deserve? Look at Jesus. Does he really listen? Does he really love? Look at Jesus. This morning, it is a simple truth for us to think about, but please, let's hear it. God hears you when you cry out. Maybe you have stopped crying out because you think, well, what's the point? This morning, God wants to come alongside and say, I'm listening. Call out. I hear. So the first thing this psalmist wants us to see, God is a God who hears. The second thing is this. We've got a God who knows, who knows. We get description, don't we, in these verses of what the psalmist went through. Look at verse 3. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. So again, we have this image um, of, uh, you know, in my mind it reminds me of a scene in Star Wars where Luke Skywalker lands into a swamp and there's this animal with tentacles that kind of comes up and pulls the ship down. And the image is of these things wrapping around somebody and, and pulling them into the deep, into the swamp. And here he is, he's struggling. And because of that, verse 8, we see that he had tears, he stumbles, he's just kind of weighed down by the pressure of what he's going through. Verse 10 shows us he was greatly afflicted. Verse 11, he's been betrayed by liars all around him. Now, remember how we started thinking about this psalm. We need to remember where we live, remember our location. We're living in the land of the shadow of death we will face pain we will face tears and sadness and grief it's inevitable not when we fa- if we face them but when we face them and we need to know this because it'll affect how we view our whole lives it doesn't mean that when this struggle comes we'll be fine with it not at all it'll still be hard but we need to be aware of it I know I've said this before but I, I want to say it again just to because I you might have forgotten so I'll remind you um, the the coldest swimming pool in the world was Hendy swimming pool when I was growing up okay that's not an official fact but I, I think from my small experience of swimming pools it was freezing and you knew when it was, summer would come the Hendy open it was an open air swimming pool you would go down there and all day in school I'd be ready yes we're going to the pool tonight but you know it's gonna be freezing it's gonna be freezing When air, you're building up to it it's gonna be cold it's gonna be cold and when you jump in it was always freezing you knew it was coming but when you jumped in, it would take your breath away. You'd go, ah, oh, dear me, that was cold. you know. And you'd always be surprised. Now, why am I saying that? Well, imagine someone comes for the first time to Hendy, and they say, oh, there's a swimming pool in Hendy. Who knew? And they come down, and they expect it to be a nice, relaxing, warm pool. And then they jump in. What would they do? Well, they think, hang on, this isn't what I was expecting. I need my money back. You <laughs> I'm not having this. Because they weren't expecting it. Now, if we view life expecting it just to be... Perfect and comfortable and no trouble or sorrow we're gonna be bitter and moaning and complaining if we forget with this side of Eden we're under the curse we're gonna be left really frustrated and hardened and confused but if we remember where we live if we remember our location we will go through these struggles as I said it doesn't mean it doesn't take our breath away when they, when we hit those things but we need to be aware this is where we are living. Now, as we look at these descriptions here of what um, the psalmist went through, listen to it again, but with Jesus singing them in mind. (coughs) Jesus was about to enter the Garden of Gethsemane, and there we see he experienced fear, distress, anguish of soul. He will be greatly afflicted. He was going to experience lies of and betrayal of friends his feet stumbled as he was as he fell to the ground under the pressure of what he was about to face on the cross on the cross the snares of death encompassed him and the cords of death pulled him down (laughs) see jesus had been here he was about to experience it and when we put those together do you see what we have our god through his son the lord jesus christ shows us he knows what it's like to struggle he knows what it's like to be in our location to be where we are and today if you're feeling entangled by the cords of death whatever that might look like in your life know that jesus has been there if you're facing um, fear of the uncertainty of what's ahead if you're facing the darkness that doesn't seem to go away if you're facing tears and pressure and all of that is on top of you Jesus has been there, and he knows and he understands. Our God knows. He doesn't just know about it. He hasn't just read about it, but he's experienced it. Maybe you're crying tears of sadness. He's been there. Go to him with your worries. Go to him with your burdens. And as we see what he is like and what he's been through, we're drawn closer. What does the psalmist show us about what our god is like well he's a god who hears but he's also a god who knows so go to him the third thing we see is this we've got a god who delivers this psalmist is in deep pain but in verses seven to nine we see that um, well god has saved and rescued him look at verse seven return my soul to your rest for the lord has dealt bountifully with you Uh, for you have delivered my soul from death My eyes from tears and my feet from stumbling. He's now in at rest. He's in a safe place. So he's been through the darkness, through um, the through that the the storms of, of life, as it were, and now he's out the other side. And look at verse nine. He tells us, "I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living." So he has called out to God, and God has helped him. Now, what does this mean? Does this mean that if you're a Christian, you call out to God? And he uh, will take you out of every struggle you've ever had, and you'll never struggle again. Does it mean that a Christian will never get a, be- a bad diagnosis or a bad test result? Well, no, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean, of course, that we don't pray for that. We don't pray for healing. We don't pray for uh, him to take us out of these darkness and the dark situations. Of course, we do. And we are so thankful for every time that God answers those prayers. But those prayers for healing, or those prayers for um, for us to be made well, are only a postponement of death, aren't they? Ultimately, even if we are healed, and even if we do get a good diagnosis, ultimately we're still under the shadow of death, and one day we will die. So we're thankful for every postponement of death that God gives. So how does this help? Well, let's remember that Jesus sung these words jesus knew what it was to go down verse three into the cords of death to so go right down and when he died then three days later he rose again and by rising again it's as if he broke that kind of creature's cords uh, the the, um, the beast of death was defeated and now no more uh, is there any power so death where is your sting you know he has taken the sting and the power of death away and he wasn't just doing that for himself when he walked out of the grave, out of the uh, out of the grave, three days later. But he did that for all who trust in him. So when we trust in Jesus, yes, we will die, but that's not the end, because we will rise as he rose, and be with him forever in a world made new. And when we think of that, that means in the midst of our struggles and in the midst of the pain of this life, we know that ultimately, Jesus says it'll be okay, because I have defeated death. And everybody who trusts in Jesus, has a joyful end. Richard Baxter, who was a 17th century pastor, when he was dying, um, his friends came to see him. And these are almost some of his last words that he said. They said, Dear Mr. Baxter, how are you? And he said this, even though he knew he was dying, I'm almost well. Almost well. What does he mean? Well, soon I'll die, but then one day I will rise again. I'm almost well. It wasn't the end can you see the hope that that brings us that's not all there is there's more beyond this life death cures us this is how spurgeon puts it death cures it's the best medicine for they who die are not only almost well but healed forever so yes we face dark days and struggles but it's not the end we may graciously experience this postponement of death and we are thankful for that when god does it But ultimately, ultimately, those who trust in Jesus know the victory is with him. Death is not the end. He has defeated it. And when we grasp that the end will be okay, it helps us in the storm. The storms won't last forever. The darkness won't last forever. Um, A couple of weeks ago, we were watching a film, and it was a Disney film. And I won't say who, but somebody in our family was a bit nervous and a bit scared. But somebody else said, don't worry, it's a Disney film yeah so in the middle of the worries in the middle of the darkness and the scariness don't worry it's a Disney film what's that mean well a Disney film is a happily ever after isn't it you know it'll be okay it's a Disney film it's fine with Jesus we can say it's okay it's Jesus he's got it yeah we know that if we trust in him he has defeated death he's gone through the darkness on our behalf and he can deliver us so don't worry for eternity for now and forever, isn't it? So we've got a God who delivers, ultimately delivers. Yes, we pray for help in the here and now, but we know that ultimately Jesus has made it okay. Don't worry, Jesus has got it. We've got a God who hears, a God who knows, a God who delivers, and we've got a God who is worthy, worthy of praise. That's what we're thinking about here. So if you look at verses 12 to 14 and then 17 to 19, we see there that they're, they're kind of very similar you say what shall i render to the lord for all his benefits i will lift up the cup of salvation i will pay my vows And then verse 17 i will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving i will pay my vows again so i will this is what i'm going to do as a response to you answering my prayer so how do i respond well i i, I praise you i thank you and he is worthy of our praise look at verse 13 tells us i will lift up the cup of salvation i will lift up the cup of salvation i'll call on the name of the lord and who is he doing it with verse 14 in the presence of all his people we see again verse 18 again in the presence of all his people he wants to uh, be with god's people to praise together this god who has rescued and saved it saved him he doesn't want to keep it to himself he wants to be with those who share in his joy who share in his faith uh, and who says yes this god has saved and he's saying, look, why is, he, why is he praising? Well, one of the things we see there, because he has the cup of salvation. This is, this is a cup that he hasn't earned. This is a gift. Here it is. Here's your salvation. Uh, will you receive it? As you look on that salvation, as you receive this cup, this gift, uh, and you drink of it, as it were, we can rejoice and we can thank God for all he's done. And this is a gift, as I said, that isn't earned. It is free. We don't say, how much do I owe you? No, we say, thank you. Thank you for doing this for me. Now, again, we remember that Jesus sang these words. And he would know that one day he would drink of this cup of salvation. But before that, what does it mean for us to have the cup? Well, again, think of what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. In Garden of Gethsemane, those cords of death were pulling close. He was getting a taste of what his death would mean. As he tasted that death, he stumbled, he fell, and he sweat drops of blood, and he said these words, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. So what cup is he talking about there? We see in the Old Testament that there's not just a cup of salvation, but there's also a cup of God's wrath, a cup of punishment that all those who rebel against God deserve. Yeah, in glory we'll, get, we'll see, won't we, and understand. But as we look at the cup of God's wrath, you see what Jesus was doing. He said, look, I'm going to take this cup and I'm going to drink what you deserve. And as I drink this cup, I can now give you the cup I deserve, which is the cup of blessing, the cup of salvation. On the cross, he faced the wrath of God, the anger that we deserve for our rebellion. And when we realize that he offers us The cup of salvation. What's our response? Well, it's worship. It is thanks. He is worthy of our praise. This is the God we serve, a God of good news. Now, if you're not a Christian here today, I want you to imagine that those cups. There's two cups. There's a cup that we deserve for all our rebellion against God, how, as we looked earlier in the service, how we've failed and how we've rebelled against Him. There's a cup of the wrath of God that we deserve. But God also offers us this morning a cup of salvation which will you drink it's free Jesus has paid the price for it and you need to choose because automatically we deserve the wrath of God but today he says look accept my free gift of salvation and then we can respond as this psalmist does in worth, worthiness uh, God is worthy of our praise don't leave it without choosing the choice is there and God has again reminded you brought you here to say drink the cup of salvation So we've got a god who hears a god who knows a god who delivers a god who is worthy and the last thing is this we've got a god who is in control i just wanted us to pause on one verse as we finish and that's verse 15. precious in the sight of the lord is the death of his saints what does that mean well it means the death of those who trust in jesus is not a careless thing it's with purpose it's not something that god takes lightly and it means this that those who trust in Jesus, the day you leave this earth is not an accident. The timing of it is not an accident. It's not purposeless. Now, perhaps this morning, one of the cords of death that you fear is your own death. Even as Christians, you know, we know, yeah, Jesus has got it, but still we can be scared of how it's going to happen. Well, what does this verse mean for you? It means this, that God doesn't take your death and you're um, you're going into uh, eternal life with him go into glory he doesn't take it lightly but there's a purpose for it and there's a reason for it and in the midst of the storm of death there is hope that this isn't pointless there's a um, you might have heard before of a man called robert jermaine thomas he was a 19th century missionary from mid wales from ryada and he wanted to share the gospel all over the world he went to china and he ended up going to korea who were quite hostile to the gospel at the time and um, uh, he was on a ship and as the ship landed uh, people on land started firing at the ship so what did robert Jemaine thomas do well he had with him loads of bibles and so as he was kind of in the water going to the shore um, bullets and um, cannonballs being thrown at him he was giving out the bible and he was just shouting out jesus 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 and he was giving these the bibles out and then he died we don't know exactly what happened and how he died but he died then and we think well what's the point there's his death he wanted to share the gospel he gave out some bibles but that was it but then you see the story what happened next because what happened was those bibles that people had they were commanded to, by the authorities to get rid of them but people kept them and some people found these bibles and they used the, the bible the paper of the bible to to use it as wallpaper on their walls and then people started reading this wallpaper on their different walls of people who had the Bible up. And you know what? They became Christians. Because when um, years later, uh, uh, missionaries went back to go and share the gospel in Korea, they realised that there was churches already there. Because God had worked and saved. And so Robert Germain Thomas's death wasn't pointless. It was precious in the eyes of God. And God used it. And now you look at Korea. Um, you look at South Korea. And the some of the biggest churches in the world are there and we could, they trace it back and that's why so many are so thankful to wales for um, robert germain thomas who went out there sharing the gospel his death wasn't wasted see precious in the eyes of the lord of the death of his saints if you're worried if you're fearful of that day realize that god doesn't take it lightly realize that there is a bigger purpose to it and as you pray for maybe your loved ones who don't trust in jesus Think through how that day could maybe point them to your hope and who you're trusting in. Again, remember who was singing this? Jesus sang this. And what a comfort to know that his death was a precious one. As he faced the darkness, as he faced the pressures, his death was not going to be wasted. But in fact, his death was the way of life for us all these years later. He faced that in our place. And his death was not pointless but it achieved salvation for all who believe here is a god who wants to help us as the storms come in have you been hit by another wave recently have you been dragged under god hears call out to him god knows he's been there god delivers ultimately he'll help us we pray for deliverance now but ultimately he'll help us He is worthy of praise and thanks and he's in control even that last day is not pointless but he will use for his glory let's pray together as we um, listen to what god has said to us father we ask now that you'd help us to see that you can bring hope to the darkest of situations we thank you for this psalmist experience that you saved and you rescued And we ask, please, that for many here, uh, we will be able to leave here today knowing that you have worked and saved and rescued us, and you've helped us and heard our cry in the midst of our turmoil. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.